everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 16 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. This season, we will showcase our heads of schools to share their stories and insights with you. This morning, I'm so glad to welcome Carlos Diaz de la Lastra, Global CEO of Lejoche. Carlos, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you, thank you. So happy to have you with us. Carlos, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up. I was born in, in Madrid, in Spain, and, and basically my childhood was in, in, in Madrid, a very, very interesting city, very dynamic city, and I love, I love the, the, that city. I cannot complain. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, when you are living and born in Spain, you, you have the chance also to, to, to visit normally in summer different locations in the touristy location in, in Spain because I have family in Cadiz and in Valencia. And basically, I, I, I enjoy very good places to, to, to go during the summer. I agree. Spain is a beautiful place to have been born in. Uh, Carlos, who was your childhood hero and why? I think the, the, the my childhood hero was a Massinger set. You know this this. I don't. Mas- okay, Massinger set was a, a cartoon that was in television, a Japanese cartoon. And this, this was a, a big robot that was managing for a for a person in their head, and the robot had the capacity to to obviously fight with other people, a lot of powers, and and uh, I was I love this for two reasons because it's obviously small for the robot and it's. He's, he's, he's gaining all the battles with the billions, but on top of that is because the the the, the boy that was managing the robot was got, taking a, a plane and going the head of the robot, and is is the, the 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 meaning was okay. A little child who was not any power, they can to transform in a robot when they have the, the capacity to go there. Was was my my hero when I was very young. I do remember the cartoon now that you're explaining uh, yeah. uh, what okay. it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it had it had a different name in Brazil, but uh, uh, okay. yeah, I like the I like the concept because I guess it's just the idea that anything is possible. That is that is, and you you can see how a person that is is not powerful in some mood when he believes and he have the tools and the, the that. He can do amazing things. Absolutely. Carlos, was there a meaningful teacher or mentor who impacted your career? Uh, I have to say was a manager when I was young in the French University that I was managing. was called Jesus Jimeno. He was a very senior, very senior in the last years of the, his career, very senior person, was the vice president of Unilever Europe very, very high position. And for some reasons, in the last years of his career, he decided to work in university. You know, some people in the last years want to come and make something or propose, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have the lucky, the luck to, to work with him in my first jobs in, in marketing in universities. And he was really an amazing person for me. And I'm, I'm a professional mentor because his expertise, he passed his expertise to me in terms of marketing, commercial sales, and all the strategy. For, for his job in the university. But on top of that, uh, he, he passed to me a more important thing. He was a real personal mentor. He we have the, we, we take a very, very deep friendship uh, together. Even as we are working together, we, we have a very good relation. And after, right now, he's retired, but he, he, he continues being a very, very good friend, one of my best friends. And he's the type of person that when I speak with you, he's looking like two steps forward and, and, and putting in, in the conversation 
alternative ambitions that you even don't, don't realize that exist. Uh, and this type of people that is, is surprising you with different point of view every time. And I was, was an amazing person and a mentor for me. So do you think he played a role in you ending up in education? Of course, of course. Uh, possibly he played a role that I don't abandon education because uh, I was trained trained as a marketeer. Uh, my intention, original intention was to go for these multinational Unilever, Potter & Gamble, these big multinational companies. And I was in education by casual because uh, when I finished my degree, the, the university that was, I was studying there uh, offered to me a position with my dean, the current dean. And, and after I started to work in university, you know, when you are young, you think, okay, better to find a job working in the university than find a job in the, the labor, market, labor market. But uh, after different positions, uh, I raised this position with him in a marketing, uh, marketing department. And uh, I realized that uh, I can do what I like to do in an, in an environment and an, an industry that I really love is making a difference in life of the people. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it starts growing on you. And especially, like you said, when you see the impact that education has in people's lives and, and, and how it really gives them the tools to achieve anything. Uh, it's just so incredibly rewarding, isn't it? It is. It is. I, I have the lucky to have um, two friends, uh, one brother and one sister, that they are working in, in, in health industry and helping people and in NGOs, helping people around the world. And I always discuss with them and I say, guys, of course, uh, your, 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 your work is much more direct impacting in people's life. But I feel that I am impacting in a lot of life with uh, different people and, and life with people because, uh, you see, you change. I'm mostly La Rose. And La Rose is, is, is really, I, I was working in, in 27 years in different universities, private universities in my life, all of them private, all of them expensive in their countries. But I have to say, the La Rose model is, with no doubt, at least in my opinion, in my experience, the university model that is much more impactful in the, the change of life of the people, not only professional sense, even in a personal sense of life. I couldn't agree with you more because professionally, it did open all the right doors for me. And it really gave me the career of my dreams. I, you know, would have done it all over again a hundred times. It was absolutely the best years of my life. And personally, too, just, you know, all the cultures uh, and everyone, you know, I felt like my peers in school were my inspiration. When I arrived, I only spoke Portuguese and English and everyone else spoke four or five languages. And it made me want to become like them. So, you know, for me, my, my you know, mentors or my inspiration in, in my journey were my colleagues in Le Roche because I admired how everyone was so international and, you know, had lived in 10, 15 different places and I wanted to become like them. And hopefully I have a little bit. I learned a few languages <laughs> along the way and moved to a few countries. But I agree that it transformed me professionally and most of all personally. You see, this minute that you give me right now is another reward moment that is, is beautiful for my day to day. This is, this is something that not happening in all the industries and not happening even in all, all the universities. You're absolutely it's, right. Carlos, how would you describe your leadership style? I am a person that uh, believe, fully believe that the, the main difference in the success of the projects is the culture of the company and the teams. Uh, some people, some managers, you know, people say, uh, I am a manager, of, uh, person, people manager. I am a process manager. And, and, and people differentiate the managers in this type of stuff. 
I think that I prefer to say that the most important thing is the culture. Culture is how the obviously culture is mostly based in, in people management, but for me is the way that the, the the different people interact each other, and the the, the how it's called the the agreement the agreement that these people have, the common passion that these people have to really move in the same directions with uh, some in some ways writing agreements, but in the majority of the cases, unwriting agreements that all people understood. And when the old new people is coming for this for this company or this project, they adapt and they give even some special flavor on top. But at them, this type of, uh, I, I, for example, I put my attention as a manager, a, a lot of effort to to work quickly as can in, in, the, in the new project to build the right cultural interaction with the people. I dedicate time even to, to teach and to coach the people to understand how they need to connect or, uh, and interact between each other. And because in my experience, I, I have cases in my professional life. Uh, some people come me, uh, some big managers come in to say, but how is possible you make the results, this when we have resource in the company. Uh, how is possible you make this amazing resource with the company? Can you give me the secret? Can you share the secret with the company? And, that, and I always answer to them, yeah, it's this culture. And it's not, ah, can you share the plans? Okay, I can share the plans. I can share all the plans, but the plan is it's not making a difference. You don't have the right culture. Because this extra mile, this type of extra resource that nobody knows what happened, that successful project and project and project and project successful in the same team, it's not because they have clever guys that they decided a super plan every time. Most of the cases, at least in my experience, came because a normal plan, average plan, is performing in an extra delivery because the mutual commitment, the mutual passion, and the mutual support of the people. Yeah, and... Um... I think, you know, students get to experience that firsthand in Le Roche when you're trying to do a project with, you know, a Brazilian, an Egyptian, a Japanese and a German. And like you said, you know, it teaches adaptability. And I also think it teaches compromise. Carlos, what's something most of us don't know about Le Roche? Uh, it's a difficult question coming from you because you know a lot about the Roche. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of secrets, but maybe the I listeners know, I know. don't. I, I assume that you're asking me like uh, general people doesn't know about the Roche. And exactly. I think, I think uh, perhaps the most important thing of the Roche is the most difficult thing to know about the Roche until you stay in the Roche. Uh, when, uh, I always say there are different levels or layers of, of, of knowledge about the Ross. The first, the first layer is, is, okay, when the people, you know about the, the, yeah, what they heard in the newspaper, in the, in the academic environment, these type of things. And normally, normally, you hear always good things. Good things means it's a good university, super, one of the top in the, in the, in the world, it's, it's super premium, these type of things. And you hear good things, but you hear good things in the same level that you hear about other, other universities. Second level of knowledge of the ROS is when you interact with people that is working and connected with the ROS. And in this level, when you have interaction, you start to, to feel something different because you, you realize these people feel really, really engaged with the project. They have a sense of growth that is not normal with another universities. And give you some clue about, okay, this university is one of the top of the world. But on top of that, um, the employees and the people linked with the project have some special love and care for the, for the company. And that is something differential. The third level of knowledge of the Ross is when you come to the campus and you see the campus and the dynamic in the campus. And only seeing the campus and understanding what is happening, only looking, taking 10 minutes, half an hour, one hour, 
only observing the life in the campus, you realize why La Rose is one of the most transformative universities in the world. And the last and the definitive level that you can know fully about La Rose is when you speak and live experience with the students. Even if you leave the experience of the students is the best, but even if you speak with them and dedicate time to really deep know how they feel, in that moment you realize that La Rose is it's like a family. It's a way of life. It's not. It's not a university. It's really a way of life. And that, but the problem is, it's difficult to explain that even in an interview. It's more easy, but with a campaign, marketing, and these things. This is why I always explain to the people there are four levels of knowledge of the rose in whatever you are. <laughs> and Carlos, I, I I definitely agree. And out of all of these layers that you were describing, what are you most proud of about Lehoche? Uh, for me, about the the how it's called the. The, the sense of, of love and growth and sensitivity that the teachers and the, the staff have about what we are doing. I am managing different universities, different companies. I, at the end, I am a manager. I, I, my responsibility is to give to the owners the, 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 obviously the results, the finance, profitable results, and at the same time to give to my employees uh, beautiful careers and a good environment to work. But there are another, another point that is um, when you see, and I say, I, I need to work some cases in, in, in different discussion with finance people, these type of things that is more boring and perhaps less pleasant. And when I have a very difficult day, I only open my door of my office, go to see the teachers, the faculty, the, the, and, and they change. They, they change my, my motivation. They re-energize myself because they, when I speak with them, they, they give me lessons about what means hospitality and what means care of the people. When I see people that Okay, they are receiving a salary, but they are not thinking in the salary. They are thinking they feel more happy staying in the road because they can create influence, positive influence in the students. And when they, when you see these people proposing to you things, extra things that don't isn't in their role, and even you need to control them a little to say, guys, 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 big, control yourself a little. You cannot meet this level of effort. That means okay, something is is special. Something is special. I love that you said hospitality is taking care of people because sometimes people think hospitality means you're going to work in the hotel industry uh, or in the hospitality industry. And it's so much more than that. The skills are so transferable. And, you know, in what industry don't we have to take care of people, right? It's true. It's true because people, I mean, it's a pity, because, but hospitality, people associate with uh, offer things to people enjoy. Okay. But, uh, hospitality is caring people. And in some moments, you perceive that this person that is coming to your hotel or your, your business company need to enjoy. Okay. In that case, your responsibility to care him is to give him uh, opportunities to enjoy. But in other moments, you perceive this person don't need to enjoy. This person needs to feel relaxed. Or this person needs to feel protected. Or this person needs to feel, feel the attention of you as a human. And in some moments, some words, some attention, some details that you give to this person change the day of this person and, and change the, the mood and that is caring people and, and a good professional in hospitality is the person that can identify quickly how is the best way that this customer feel care and have the ability to adapt himself to offer that Exactly. We become experts in reading people. And I think that's why so many industries enjoy recruiting us because <laughs> it, 
It's a skill that comes in handy. Um, Carlos, Lehoche has been around for almost 70 years now. How do you innovate without compromising tradition? Is this perhaps one of the most tricky questions you're looking at? Because uh, it's, it's a question that even we, we discuss a lot in the, in the management team to when we prepare the strategic plan. We are one of the most reputated and famous schools in the world uh, by our model. We are identified immediately like a Swiss learning model that is traditional Swiss learning model. These guys know how to do the, 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 the traditional and super high level of customer service. But at the same time, in La Rose, we make the commitment some years ago to, to be one of the most innovative and entrepreneurial universities in the hospitality school. And, and when we discuss about that, how we can manage both things, the best way that I can explain that is, is imagine like a tree. You have a tree, okay? And the tree has some, some extensions. You need to identify very clearly in a plan what of the, 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 the part of the plan they are core, critical, to the model that you be, will want to be identified and, and is the core. And what of, the, of them, they are not critical. They are not, um, that you can even change with not changing the soul of the of the other thing. And this is why when people say tradition, tradition is not do the same every year and every year and every year. Tradition is to remain the things that identify the soul of the company and changing the rest to modernize and to even touch closer the new customer and the new generations with exactly the same soul. The, the success of La Rose is that we remain the tradition, that remain the value of caring people and this value of, of, of serving people in the highest standard of, of, of caring and, and quality. But we are improving and adapting for the new generation and the new trends in the industry. And even on that, even we are leading the evolution of the new trends and new business in the hospitality. Yeah, and I think you have all succeeded in that because I have to admit that last year when I was going to visit the campus 25 years after my graduation, I was scared because sometimes when your memory is so perfect, revisiting it, sometimes it's not always a good idea. You revisit your childhood home that you thought was a mansion and realize it's much smaller than it was in your mind. And, you know, so I had mixed feelings about going back. And it was great to see all the innovations, Spark, you know, all these additions that have taken place. But it was, uh, it warmed my heart to see that the spirit is still intact. It hasn't changed that is the most beautiful figure that you can give me because that, that is exactly to, to remain the how you can innovate, maintain the tradition because you perceive the soul, but at the same time, you see fully different uh, things in front of you, but but you feel the same. Thank you because it's the best. It, it is the truth. Um, and Carlos, speaking of innovation, technology has been evolving at an incredibly rapid pace. How do you prepare students for an industry that is constantly changing and evolving? You see, innovation is something that is difficult to, to teach in a very traditional old-fashioned mode. To put a teacher in the classroom to explain what other people did, okay, it's fine. You can give some clue, some inspiration, but it's not enough. You need to put the students in a, another... They, you need to change the mindset of the students, and you need to put the students in an ecosystem, in an environment that he can learn, experience how means innovate, have an innovative mindset. For example, I always explain with this example. When I was in a chapel in my school, little school in high school, in, in my period, in my time, 
uh, the, the schools start with internet, first step of internet, and the, the school start to teach the students how to program, create programs. And you know, in my, at least in my school time, uh, the, in my school they, they teach me how to use Cobalt, C++, different uh, programming, programming uh, models. And after some time, all the educational centers understood, okay, guys, we don't need to, of course, technology is coming, but we don't need to, to, to teach all the people how to build the technology, because for that we will have some expert, but people don't need to, to build the technology. People need to know how to use the technology. And in my university time, I need to be learn about how to use PowerPoint, uh, Excel files, Word, and, and in the classroom, they teach me how to use the software, how to use the, the, the tools. And the next step, and now the educational center, we are in this step, some of, some of, that, some of us, not all the educational center is, we discovered that it's not needed to teach the people how to build technology. It's not needed to teach the people how to use technology because it's very useful for only now. The things that we need to use to the people is how to choose the technology and to adapt the technology for their needs. That is the key. And for that, you'd have to have some innovative and entrepreneurial spirit. Why? Because as a manager, and even in your personal life, but as a manager, when you manage a business, you have a lot of alternative right now of technology solutions to implement in your business. And you need to know perfectly how your change of value in your business, and you need to know perfectly and scan, have the capacity to scan the option that you have in the market and choose the right one in the right process in your company. And for that, you need to have this type of mindset that you want to explore constantly what is happening around you. And this is a mindset, it's an innovative mindset. And you need to even be brave to uh, an intelligent to incorporate in your process in the, in the right way. And um, for example, in our case in La Rose, when we teach the students to be innovative and entrepreneurial, what we did is we don't think so, where the students can learn to be a, a, an entrepreneurial business person. Hurting uh, in the classroom or not hurting samples. They need to live in a campus that things will happen, that innovation is happening in the campus. This is why in Spark we are inviting the companies to come to the campus. We're inviting the, the teachers and the students to interact in the projects and moving. This is why we convert the classroom and the campus in a very laboratory, in a, in a showroom of the technology. And we invite the companies to say, guys, if you have a new technology exposed in the campus, let the students try, let the students, I will give you feedback. But the important thing is the students know how the last trend they are impacting in the business. Of course, they, they, because you need, if you teach technology in the students, technology will change in three years, three years. All the learning is done. You need to teach them how to feel comfortable with the last trends and how to navigate comfortable in this type of ecosystem that all the things are constantly changing. Because this mindset is the proper one when they come to the business and start to thinking how I can improve my business with technology. Okay, you have this mindset and this attitude, you are constantly looking about what is happening and constantly evaluating in the right way what is coming. I like that. Carlos, in your opinion, what's the best problem to be solving in 2023? Uh, to, be, to be a little more kind between each other. And, and we have a good responsibility because uh, we are in hospitality. We need to teach the rest of the society how to be kind with each other. Uh, I always say education doesn't change the world. Education changes the people that will change the world. It's, we need to we need to teach the people how to be kind. To be kind is not is not affecting anything. You can to you can to take the same decision, the same the same action, being kind or not being kind. 
It's an attitude. It's not, it's not a decision, it's an attitude. And it costs nothing, is it what I always nothing. say. It Even it's, it's very rewarding. It's very rewarding. It's cost nothing. Very rewarding. No, it's cost something. Eh? It's cost something. Do you know what it's cost? What to put, to put under control your ego. True. True. And it's very difficult. Perhaps it's one of the most costly things in life in terms of performance. <laughs> <laughs> but so worth it. So worth it. Carlos, what does success mean in your role? Uh, I told in the first moment of the conversation to have a, a right culture that the people can support each other and be generous with each other. When, when you have a team, of course, in some moments, in some companies, you have more talented, a more clever team, not companies less talented, less clever team, uh, in terms of skill, professional, pure professional skills. But for me, the one makes the difference. And you have more luck in some moments, you find people that are amazing contributor and, and it's, it's, it's incredible. But the most important thing is how the people support each other because it's, it's, all these people say the same. It's not one plus one plus one, it's, it's, uh, it's three. In some moments, it's, it's six and seven. And this, this multiplicator by the attitude for generosity. In the moment that you have, you feel in the team, in some teams, this type of joint commitment action that the people suffer when the college is suffering on something, when the people sacrifice their priorities in some moments, to help priorities for the company, and that the company advances is a group of person. People say companies, companies, companies is a group of people moving in the same direction, same goal with the same purpose. And, and the companies remain with the same name, but the people change. And at the end, when you feel the team is much more worried about the success of, the, of the, this project, common project, and it's generous, genuinely generous to support each other. Uh, it's, it's people say, when the people say, your team, I feel in your team, some special, uh, team spirit to work together and support each other. I feel really, really proud. I think I success in this in this role. Carlos, thank you. I I cannot thank you enough uh, for you know uh, you taking the time and joining us in the podcast and talking to us. I've really enjoyed the conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoy also. Eh? I enjoy also because in the moment that we speak about these topics, I, I even I am teaching myself and I, I am learning with you. <laughs> it's good it's, because uh, it's a nice reminder, is, isn't it? This is, and, and even when when I see like alumni like you, is is you you make these comments for me. It's it's, it's like a blessing, the best impression that you give me to, today. Thank you. And it's the absolute truth. Carlos, before we let you go, any final message or advice for parents and students who are considering joining Lehoche? It's much more important to be a good person than a good professional. And when you're a good person, it's much more easy to be a good professional. When you choose any university, try to choose the university that you feel they help, this university help you not only to be a good professional, give you the right skills, to improve as a person in life. That is my best advice. With La Rosa and with any other university. I absolutely love that. Uh, if any of our listeners wish to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? Of course, of course. I am in my, my profile in LinkedIn, Carlos Diaz de la Lastra. It's easy because my last name is not usual. It's easy to find me. Or La Rosa, you put La Rosa, perhaps it's part of Fantastic. And if anyone else has any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to contact me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thanks for listening and until next time.